We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here today as well. It's been a minute. Martin will get a chance to make fun of just how long of a minute it's been here in just a moment. Uh, we're brought to you by Pinnacle. I'll get Martin to tell you about Pinnacle in a moment. I do want to tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for my buddy Corey Clark. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Martin. Welcome into the show. How you been? Merry Christmas, man. Uh, it has been. It's been a minute. Uh, one, of, one of those weeks was my fault. I was unexpectedly on the road. Totally forgot it was Thursday. I, but I was in your neck of the woods, man. I was in Oxford um, for a client meeting by. that kind of happened um, unexpectedly. But anyway, uh, and then last week, man, I was on vacation uh today is actually my 10-year anniversary with jen and uh we took uh gia the eight-year-old to disney world last week so it was awesome man i didn't think about work uh i didn't look at emails i didn't answer my phone uh i did respond to a few texts from people needing things that that is the one thing about text that i kind of wish would hurry up and come along like if you're on vacation and someone texts you from like a business needing something like there's no auto reply that says, Hey, I'm away from the office. Call the office at six Oh one nine five seven zero three two three or anything like that. It's so I did, I did respond to those clients, but I did tell them I was out of the office, man. It was, uh, I had a great trip. We actually walked. So Gia and I are kind of the same personality type, which is why Jen wanted her to go on the vacation so she could have some peace. But, uh, we're up early you know, when the parks open and we shut it down, we walked uh, almost 170,000 steps last week and we did 68 miles. Wow. Um, it was, it was an exercise trip of vacation, but it was, we had a blast. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good yeah. trip. I need, I need to take a trip 
it's been a minute since I've had a like a and, and my, one of my I don't do New Year's resolutions much. I'm going to make one this year though that when we do go on a trip, I'm not going to carry my phone like out. If we go to the beach, I'm not going to carry my phone to the beach. Yeah, I'm just going to leave well, it in the like, leave it in the condo or whatever. And I'm sure someone's going to need me, but I don't know if it's that. I guess if it's that important, they'll find a way, right? Yeah. Well, I told and I told my office. I think it's I think it's very healthy, and I encourage everyone here, you know, at Pinnacle, to when you're on vacation, be on vacation, and disconnect. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer text messages. Don't answer emails. You know, let just communicate with us so that we can cover for you, and and be away because it's it's healthy. Um, and I, I, dude, and I have to do it a couple times. It sounds, it sounds crazy. It sounds like I'm being kind of entitled and a little brat, but I, I, I'm really not. But I have to do it a couple of times a year so that I can recharge, and you know, and be on my A game, and you know, and not worn down and burn out because burnout is real. And I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir to you. You, man, traveled all over God's country in the southeast, covering you know sports out of. Mobile. I know that you understand burnout's a a real thing, and uh, yeah. But man, I, I encourage all the folks here to to do it. And man, one of the things that uh that I really want to do, the firm that I worked for <clears throat> when I was in D.C., they had a a sabbatical at the ten year mark. So if you're with the company for ten years, you know theirs was like a three month sabbatical. But they gave you, they paid you while you're on the sabbatical. And then they gave you a bonus um, to tra- to use as travel money. To, so, like, if you want to go to Europe for, you know, four weeks or six weeks that you have the money to do, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but I have not gotten that approved at, <laughs> at Pinnacle yet. So, anyway, sorry, man, I went on a tangent. But, yeah, we were – we were away so long, uh, you forgot the name of our show. Man. I did. As we started the show, I was like, what's the, what's the name of the show? <laughs> what, what show is it? Who it's, are you, Martin? It's, it's been a few minutes. Did did we used to know each other at some point one day? I'm glad to be back, man. Uh, I am recharged. I'm excited about Christmas. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year, Christmas is. so. Uh, and today's my anniversary, man. Oh, well, that, and happy anniversary. And, and yeah, it, I, we I made love- it. I love Christmas. I, I always tell myself every year that I'm going to like stop and enjoy it, and I never do, and I get mad at myself. But it's also a busy time because I had to cover recruiting, yeah. and recruiting went yeah. through. I mean, still kind of somewhat ongoing because of the transfer portal. And then yesterday there was news about Ole Miss and not traveling down until the 30th instead of traveling down on the 26th. And it's always kind of something. And there's this uh, email we just got from the Southeastern Conference, uh, you know, updated, interrupted game policies for basketball. Ooh, you know, done since the onset of the pandemic, we continue to evaluate our policies and procedures related to COVID-19 based on the most current information, circumstances, blah, blah, blah. It's just constant, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's the pandemic thing has, has made – Sports reporting, and it's so funny to me. I'll get people that complain, like I don't, I don't subscribe to hear about the pandemic. I, I got news for you: the pandemic and it, it impacts everything. Yeah, I mean it's well, constant. We call it like COVID twenty one now, because are we on like the fifty millionth variant of this thing? Well, you and I talked in about a this different a, year. We talked about this a minute ago. This is this is what's interesting is there's two things that have happened. We only have thirty minutes. I'll be careful. I, I won't. I won't. I won't go on a long diatribe here. Two things have happened. 
one, a lot of people, self-included, simply don't trust anybody right now. And then, so, you know, so even we, we've hit the, the, we've hit the stage in the boy that cried wolf, where mm-hmm. if there's really a wolf, we're all going to get eaten. Yeah. Cause I'm probably going to have to see somebody get eaten first. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be me that gets eaten. And I'll be like, oh, dang it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and that's not healthy when people are there. And I wasn't, people go, well, you've always been that way. No, I wasn't. March of 2020. No, sir. Uh, yeah. I remember, dude, because we recorded a lot during the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, I, I, and we were both on the, hey. Got to be careful. You know, don't be an idiot. Stay inside. You know, yeah. Don't be an idiot. And, sure. And we didn't know. And, I, and, I, took, and, and I took criticism because I didn't know, but I, I, was, I was inclined to trust the people right. that were holding these press conferences and telling everybody, hey, look, here's the deal. And then when everybody said, hey, probably need to wear a mask for a few weeks. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll do it. I mean, that was, we had, uh, we had Dr. Alan Jones on several times during that and, yeah. you know, just trying to figure out what this And he didn't was. like, he didn't like my skepticism as it began to build. I mean, he didn't, and that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, um, uh, as it went along, I got more skeptical. As people read things, I got more skeptical. As now, you know, you've got, like the mask thing to me, and I do believe this, I believe the mask to many on the left is the equivalent of the MAGA hat for many on the right. I believe it has become a statement. Now, not for everybody, because you walk through the grocery store and you see some older people who are scared, and they're masked, and they are scared. You can see the fear in their eyes. Now, who do, I bl- who do I blame for that? I blame the media. I blame the health officials because I, I, I really believe what I'm about to say. That what's going on, and I've read a lot. If you read what's happening in South Africa and in other countries, even in, in Europe, you, you, you hear this and you're like, hey, this is positive. The virus is virusing, which means that it comes up with new variants of itself in an attempt to survive. And each time that it does, that that next variant is less virulent, meaning lethal. And as they become more and more uh, less, as they become less and less virulent, that's a positive thing. And yeah. the <clears throat> pandemic yeah. is going to become, and I think it basically kind of has become, an endemic, meaning it just goes on. We have to learn to live with it, and you have to learn to take precautions when you need to take precautions, and that different people have different risk. You know, like you and I were talking about a minute ago, I mean, the 350-pound, 72-year-old is at a hell of a lot more risk of having a bad outcome than the 16-year-old healthy kid. But that's with everything. That's with the yep. flu. That's with everything. Pneumonia. Anything. And so yeah, and I, I even remember when Dr. Jones was was on with us in the in the beginning too. He even said that at some point he thought that this would be something we just live with like the flu. And you know, and every year people would get flu shots and I, I don't know the statistic, what is it like less than half of half or less of the US population gets a flu shot. Um that it would become like the flu and I think that's to your point I feel like that's where we're heading is it to endemic status, right? Yes. That's that's where we're headed, except there are there are people out there that just, they, 
I don't know whether it's with some people it's legitimately fear. With some people they have experienced the loss of a loved one. Right. Um, some people had a very difficult time with COVID. Um, and those people are, are more apt to hang on to it a little bit. And, but I'll, I told you this as we get into, the, I mean, we're a week away from 2022. And when this thing started and first started hearing about it early 2020, I don't think anybody really thought we'd still be here in 2022 with no sign of it. No sign of it ending. Even though, like, the, the, the CEOs of Southwest and of, was it American or United, um, you know, they, they came out and said, hey, these, these masks don't really work. Which is their way of saying these masks are hurting our business. Yeah. And then they also asked for, like, people who had been vaccinated that had, uh, like, breakthrough, like, their staff that had been vaccinated but had a breakthrough virus, for them to be able to come back faster than the... 10 days uh, because they're short staffed and they need, they need them back. And I think that was them also saying like, this is not a, it's we're, we're heading towards living with this thing versus being scared of it. We didn't talk about this in the pre-show. I'm curious to get your thoughts. The Supreme court is going to hear um, arguments about uh, president Biden's vaccine mandates, I believe on January the 7th which is significantly earlier than had been originally scheduled. Do you have any sort of an anticipation as to what's going to happen there? Because it is what I am watching for. If if the Supreme Court holds up the constitutionality of these mandates, um, I am, I do, listen, I, this is not political. This is just a concern I have. It has nothing to do with my politics. I am concerned about what happens with truckers because I think a lot of truckers will walk off the job because before they go get vaccinated, yeah. uh, especially if you mandate it. And whether you agree with that or disagree with that, with the, their politics, that is the way a lot of those type people are wired. And I don't mean that as a negative at all. I just mean it as a statement of fact. And if that happens, I have a friend, I think I told you this the last time we talked, in business who uh, is very involved in supply chain economics. Yeah, And he told me that, if 15%, that's it, 15% of the country's truck drivers walk off the job, that we will have significant issues in our daily lives. Yeah, you're going to talk about inflation. Inflation will be come in with a vengeance. Yes, uh, and then, you know. If we'll you, have bread lines. If you I mean, come, I'm, and, and, I'm being, that's kind of extreme. We well, probably won't have bread lines, but we might not be far from it. Might not be far from it. And what if it's instead of 15%, what if it's 40%? Yeah. Well, and so it's funny, man. When I was on, when 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 we were at Disney, <clears throat> uh, we were standing in line at uh, Tower of Terror. It was me and Jen and, and Gia. And there was a dude that was behind us. And he was in a wheelchair. And uh, his, it looked like his son was pushing him. And um, you know, you're, when you're standing in line for an hour, at least for me, when I'm standing in line for an hour, I just end up talking to the people that are around me. Sure. And so I ask him, you know, the general questions of when you don't know someone, Hey, where are you guys from? And he was like, Oh, we're from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I have no idea where Allentown, Pennsylvania is. But he told me it's outside of Philadelphia. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know, you guys just down here to, uh, you know, escape cold weather and blah, blah, blah. You know, all of the just, you know, surface level talk. And, uh, you know, and they were like, yeah, we, you know, we try to come every few years with the family, blah, 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 blah. And I was asking, I was like, well, you know, what do you do in 
in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And he's like, well, I'm, uh, he's like, I'm the VP of operations for a trucking company. And I was like, trucking, I was like, like logistics, like moving freight around. And he's like, yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, interesting. And he's like, yeah, but, uh, he's like, we're headquartered in out of Philly. He's like, but you know, all of the people I'm responsible for are actually in kind of the South, Southeast and in the Midwest. And I was kind of looking at him. I was like, I was like the drivers. And he's like, yeah. And, uh, he's like, that's, you know, all of our, uh, you know, most of our staff that are drivers, you know, they live in the Southeast or the Midwest. And so, and I was just thinking, and just like you were saying, you know, like we were saying, I'm not, you weren't trying to talk, get into politics, but the general leaning of the people from, you know, the Southeast and the Midwest is going to be, you know, less government intervention in their lives. And so I asked him that question too. I said, uh, I was like, man, what, what do you think happens if, uh, you know, we have a huge shortage of, of drivers because of, you know, unwilling to take vaccines. And he looks at me and he's like, it's my biggest fear right now. And it was kind of crazy to think about that. You know, this dude's the VP of operations for a, you know, he didn't tell me what company I didn't ask what company. Um, and his biggest fear right now is something he has zero control over, which is what our government does based on a, a mandate for yeah. a vaccine. Yeah, it's 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 most certainly a concern. All right, so you speaking of Christmas, you're talking about the Santa Claus rally that you uh, yep. were anticipating. It, it didn't exactly happen the way you were hoping for. Uh, no, and it and it's kind of weird, man. Um, so usually, like this time of year, um, you know, people are in good spirits; they're happy. Uh, and, and, and the market is really driven by, you know, uh, what people's gauge of, of fear or, or, or happiness, um, is on that day. And so, you know, usually this time of year, the Santa Claus rally happens. People are, are generally good spirited. And, um, it was kind of weird this year, man, because the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, the markets are open for, um, you know, a partial day and it is generally the thinnest like traded volumes of the year because most of the people and most of the volume for the stock market traditionally has come from institutions. Um, so, you know, big banks, big pension funds, hedge funds, um, you know, large institutions, the individual investor, the, you know, me and you and our neighbors, we don't, we don't move the markets like institutions move the markets because they're just not, there's not enough of us money wise and volume wise generally pulling in the same direction to make markets move. <clears throat> but what happened this year was kind of weird. Um, you know, I was at home and I just happened around lunch to look at my phone and just see what the markets were doing. And we were down 2%. And I was like, what in the world, how are we down 2% on like the thinnest traded day of the year? Well, so most of those, in- the guys at the institutional desks, uh, you know, a lot of times they're on holiday, so they don't even they don't even trade on that Friday. What I think happened, man, and what I think some of this pandemic has caused is, you know, the rise of, you know, Robinhood and all of the app based trading platforms that uh, you know the individual investor can trade on. Um, I think that was people were sitting at home on Friday, and you know, and they didn't, or they were sitting in line somewhere, and they didn't have 
much to do. And this is my opinion. I don't have any data or facts to, this is just kind of what makes sense to me. Um, you know, and then this whole Omicron had just kind of started to come into the news. And I think folks kind of started saying, well, gosh, are we going to have another, you know, uh, pullback like we've had when, you know, the first variant or the first one came and the second variants came. And I think some folks that were just individual investors said, Hey, I made a little bit of money. I want to take some money off the table because I don't know what this new Omicron thing is going to do. And what's kind of happened, what's been funny is, uh, as you know, we've seen in South Africa, there was a ramp up in cases and then the decline, the cliff has come just as fast as the, as the incline came, um, for cases in South Africa. And I think like the, I'm going to, I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, but I'm going to say the smart money, which is like the institutions Mm -hmm. who make decisions based off of, uh, not emotion, but off of, you know, uh, fundamentals looked at this and said, Hey, this is, this is a non-issue. This is not going to derail anything and we're going to keep plugging away. And, uh, and so we're kind of getting that Santa Claus rally a little bit delayed, but I think it started with a little bit of fear from, you know, the everyday investor that doesn't have an advisor or, you know, they're not an institution. So they're making decisions based off of emotion versus, you know, fundamentals. Um, and, and that's kind of what started, you know, the, or delayed the quote unquote Santa Claus rally. But, you know, one of the other things that's kind of interesting uh, on Facebook this was probably two nights ago. I have a good buddy. <clears throat> He's not in, you know, the financial industry at all, but he put on uh, you know, he put a question out on Facebook and he's like, you know, should we go ahead and replace Jay Powell? And I was, I, I immediately chimed in. I was like, dude, no way, man. This guy has done a fantastic job because he's getting a little bit of bad press right now about, you know, um, uh, that, you know, we said we weren't going to raise rates, that they didn't check inflation because there's really two mandates for the Fed, which is keep un- unemployment low and keep inflation checked at, you know, at 2%. Well, we've been running way under 2% since 2009. So for the average to even come to 2%, it's going to have to run hot for a little while, which it has been running hot, you know, really since the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, and he's starting to catch a little bit of flack about, you know, not, not starting to do something about inflation quick enough. But so it was kind of interesting to see my, my buddy who, you know, is not in our industry and doesn't really understand our industry because the media is saying, you know, well, should, you know, should Jay Powell be replaced? Did he fail on inflation? And I'm like, no, dude. I mean, he was put in the most impossible situation, uh, you know, with Trump in the beginning. Cause I mean, I don't know if people remember, but you know, he was he was raising rates when the economy was healthy and Trump was beating him up going, you need to drop rates because we need to compete with China. Well, and then Rona happened. If, if he would have done that, if we'd have been at zero when Rona happened, it would have been. It would have been a lot more pain in the economy than it was in the last two years. So I know I kind of went off on a on a little bit of a tangent and, uh, but I said all that to say humans make you know, irrational emotional decisions with their money. And some of it is because of emotions and some of it is because of a, a full lack of understanding of what the full picture looks like. 
they'll have partial pieces of a puzzle and trying to, to, to put together what an entire picture looks like with, you know, with just a fraction of what the picture looks like. And I think that's, that really is the value of having someone to, to kind of help talk you through, through, through things and, you know, and walk with you through, you know, especially financial decisions. All right. I get off my soapbox now. All right. So a uh, quick question. It's a story in the Wall Street Journal today. Wall, uh, consumer spending rose at a cooler pace in November. Personal spending rose 0.6% compared with October's 1.4%. Does that scare you a little bit moving forward? Um, no, I mean, the consumer spending piece, I don't know, man. That's another one that's hard to look at the it's hard to look at because because is it month over month that they're talking about? Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Because all of the money that was pumped in through you know the stimulus stuff, and then you know still people are, you know they've been getting that um, what is it, the child tax credit um, put into their bank accounts? Yeah, you know monthly, and and you know and that's that ends well that ended. Uh, I think December 15th was the last, you know, check that was going in. So I don't know, man, it's kind of hard. If, if we were in a normal environment and consumer spending was slowing heading into the holiday markets, I might be like, Ooh, you know, that's that we need to just watch it. But it's really hard for me to, to do an apples to apples comparison because we've been so flush with cash. Our consumers have been so flush with cash with, you know, the stimulus money that was put in with the, you know, child tax credit stuff that was coming in and now it's all coming to an end. So it doesn't surprise me that they might, folks might be like, well, you know, maybe we need to slow down a little bit on, on, you know, on what we're spending because they've been spending at a, at a higher rate, um, you know, previously, but you know, it's kind of an apples and cowboy hats comparison at the moment. So the short answer is I, I really don't know how to feel about that. Wilson <laughs> <Apples and> cowboy <laughs> hats. Yeah. That's I mean, because, dude, you think about it. And one of the things that I didn't think about, because I kept, I kept going, how in the hell are people not going to work, you know, getting the unemployment money, getting the extra unemployment money? They got all this money pumped into their bank accounts, you know, from the stimulus stuff three times. And they're getting this child tax credit. I'm like, how do you sit at home and and you know and not work and and have enough money to to do things? And then, and I guess I just don't think like this. But it may have been you, Neil, or I can't remember who said it to me. And there was someone was like, well, dude, there wasn't a moratorium on eviction, so people weren't paying rent either. And that well, just blows my mind to think about because like my mortgage didn't stop getting drafted out of my checking account during, you know, during think about people stopping paying their rent and they're getting, you know, unemployment money at four times what it usually is. So probably, you know, some of them making more sitting at home and they got stimulus money and that stuff is all, and that's why we have inflation too. And we even said that, you know, back last year when all this stuff was happening and I can't remember what episode it was we were talking about it, but one of the things I was like, man, all this money getting pumped in is is going to create some inflation because cause supply is going to say stay the same or might be even diminished because of Rona, but the demand is going to go higher because people have 
extra cash to spend. So that's why you're seeing like bike prices go, bicycle prices go, you know, through the roof and, you know, the Peloton stuff, all that stuff. So this is an interesting story. Uh, After nearly two years of dealing with worker shortages, pandemic restrictions, and rising prices, many small businesses are suddenly facing a surge of employee illnesses from the Omicron variant that is leading to some hard choices. Steingold's of Chicago, a deli in the city's Lakeview neighborhood, has weathered the pandemic without a single case of COVID-19 until last week when one of 10 employees tested positive. Co-owner Aaron Steingold followed with a positive result a few days later. He decided to close the shop, which is known for its bagels, locks, and corned beef, on Saturday, reopened on Wednesday, after the remaining staffers tested negative on both rapid and PCR tests. So here's one of the things that's interesting is that I was talking to, I'll, 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 I'll protect his anonymity, I was talking to a friend who is over a lot of employees, and they are all going and testing. These are young people with no symptoms. They're all going and testing for COVID, and a lot of them are testing positive. And he's asking them, why did you test? Yeah. And they're answering. Why would you test if you're not symptomatic? And they're answering honestly. Well, I was curious. Um, one said, well, you know, I'm going to go be around family. I guess I wanted to know, I, you know, my grandmother, blah, 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 blah. And so all these people are testing. And so the, the president just talked the other day about sending out, I can't remember the number, but it is a ton of at home. Oh, like te- 500 million. Something like that. Fi- 500 million or whatever the number is. At home testing kids. Test, 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 test. What's that about? I mean, are we are we are we hoping people test? Do we trust these at home kids? I mean, I have I have real questions. Like, because if if you start shutting down businesses, I don't know. I don't know, Martin. Yeah. I, I I go down this I go down this path where I start to think. I told you this before we started. I start to think there's something nefarious at hand, and I can't help it. All right, because this doesn't pass the common sense test. Well, dude, even, you know, Labor Day last year uh, when Jennifer and Christopher tested positive, and they had symptoms. They tested positive for Rona. And Gia and I, like, so we quarantined them. They were in their rooms, respectively. And we locked Jen in there, and she hated it. It was like she was in prison. She, I think she was ready to divorce me at the end of the... That's understandable. At the end of the 10 days. Um because I told her, I was, and my mother lived with us, uh, and she, well, lives, not lived. I've said that in past, present. My mother lives with us. And, you know, and she's in her early 70s, and she was the, you know, had several of the higher risk, um, you know, uh, pre-existing conditions things. And uh, and mom wasn't vaccinated. And so I just told Jen, I was like, look, we have, we're going to protect mom, and we're going to isolate her, we're going to isolate you guys, and blah, 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 blah. So Gia and I are you know, hold up on the couch for 10 days in quarantine prison because I have two people in my house that are, uh, you know, that are positive. And, you know, Gia's school wouldn't let her come back. But the nurse, the nurse said, hey, at the end of day 10, um, just go get a negative test for Gia and she can she can come back to school. I was like, great. Uh, so we went and we got, you know, a test done and she was positive. 
And I was like, holy crap, she has no symptoms, hasn't felt bad or anything. And I looked at him, I was like, well, if she's been, if she's positive, I've been on the couch with her for 10 days, you know, uh, watching TV. And that's, that was our quarantine was the couch. I was like, you better test me because if she's positive, I have to be positive. Of course they test me. And I was positive, zero symptoms. The only thing that happened, and you actually pointed this out to me, was, uh, you know, the week the week before, it, coffee had just it tasted like crap, and I thought I might have had a bad batch of beans, uh, like coffee beans that I grind up in my at the and I just buy the, you know, eight o'clock out of the grocery store, and I was like, yeah, maybe I got you know a sour patch of beans or something like that. Sure. And uh, you're like, nah, dude, that was Rona messing with your taste buds, and I was like, all right, that all make that actually makes sense, but. I would have never gone and gotten tested because I wasn't symptomatic. But because I had to get a negative test for Gia to return to school, we had to go get the test. And then she came back positive. And I came back positive. So, I mean, we're added to the numbers, but, man, I didn't even – I wasn't sick. So, I guess if we're look, if we're going to look for something, you can find it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know. I mean, I – I just took the long route around. <laughs> no, but it's okay. I mean, I think people get tired of hearing me say it because I've I've said it so many times. I just as we go, I get more and more common sense seems to indicate to me that hey, if you're symptomatic of anything, right? Stay home. Be cool. Yeah. But if you're not symptomatic, why are you testing? Right. Like, go out your day. Like Ole Miss supposedly had several players test positive the other day. All of them were without symptoms. So they and they're all vaccinated, and the vaccine has been out for a while now, and boosters are readily available if you want to be boosted. And so I have a, that's where my problem kicks in is so at some point, at some point don't we we've got to get past this this uh, but I guess this gets into basic views of government. There are people who want government to control every aspect of their lives, and then there are people like me who want government to control very little of my life. Right. And I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, but they're really different, really different life views. And when you start talking about things like pandemics and health and stuff, those those arguments get really um, heated, for lack of a better word. And so we, we get to this place where... As a society, where the two, we, this is kind of what we do now: that the two teams go to their respective sidelines and scream at each other. No one ever takes the playing field. No one gets in the middle of the field and sorts it out. Everyone goes to their respective sideline and they scream and yell at each other. And so you have the Republicans out there saying that this is all, this is all about mail-in voting. And then you have the Democrats out there that say, no, 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 no. This is about safety. This is about health and security. And if you don't participate in that, then you are cruel and evil and you don't care about humanity. And the Republicans turn around and go, no, 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 no. We don't trust you. You're out to steal another election. And then they say, we didn't steal the election. We won the and then back and forth. And you just do this and there's no there's no middle ground. And when you have my field with the media so divided as we enter 2022, which is going to be a very heated election year with Congress at stake, a lot of governorships at stake, probably the beginning of, of the very infancy of the 2024 presidential election is about to get rolling at the end of 2022 after the uh, midterms. You, you just have all this stuff happening. And I don't 
I don't go into 2022, honestly, Martin, with a lot of hope. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm, I I can totally understand where where you're coming from with going in with did, a lot. Did any, was any of that I wrong? Thought we would be in a totally different space by now. I mean, do you disagree with any of that? I mean, I'm not taking either side in this. I, mean, I think people know which side, if you will, I'm yep. on. But I'm I'm able to analyze both sides and go. They're they're both just stubborn as hell, and yep. so they I, I, they just scream at one another, and there is nobody in the middle of the field. Mm-mm. Well, except for maybe Joe Manchin. Well, and, and and look at the heat he's taking when he, yeah, he you is. know, he he looks at this build back better and says, "I like this. I don't like this. I like." He didn't just just rubber stamp it one way right. or the other. He said, "No, there's parts of it I like. There's parts of it I don't like. There's parts of it that are just not good for my constituency." Which is exactly what he is supposed to do. And when you hear people come back and say, "So West Virginia is stopping everything," that's the way that. That's the design of the country Good for West Virginia. But that's the design of the country. That's the way that it was designed. And when people start messing with that, well, you're messing with the fabric of what we were built on. Yeah, I know you've got to. Go. I mean, I applaud him. I applaud him. I do have one quick. I do have to roll, but I have one quick question for you. And you may not know the answer. This and this is really a. Uh, I don't know if I expect an answer from you either. So Christopher and I are going to Sugar Bowl, and I'd I'd ask for three tickets. Uh, I was only awarded two, and I also did not get seated in the area that I paid for. And of course, Ole Miss refunded refunded the difference of the of the tickets. We just I just don't I'm not a big enough uh, you know I don't give money to the Athletic Foundation. So yeah, I, I didn't get great seats. And but it did say, hey, you've got to bring your vaccine card. Mm-hmm. The you know Superdome Caesars requires vaccine card or 72 hours, which which I've been vaccinated. Uh, and, and Christopher has two. That was his choice. Okay. But I'm curious. So I only had the two. I haven't had a booster. And it says you have to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Is for, fully vaccinated two or yes. is it three? It's still two. Okay. Still two. Cool. Yeah. You're good. Sweet. Yeah. Still two. Because, I mean, I I wasn't going to go get a third just to. Go to the football game. No, it's just it, two. If you have two, you're fully vaccinated in their eyes. That not, that might change. I'm told in New Orleans as early as January the third, but you'll be fine on January the first. Sweet. We'll be uh, we'll be there watching from uh, from the ceiling from the roof. Yeah, you'll so. see the little people. You'll see little little <laughs> blue people and little white people and little white people. Yeah. I told Christopher, I was like, dude, uh, uh, maybe for Christmas I should buy you some binoculars too. So. Yeah, you probably should. That'd be a good gift because you're going to be way up. I've been that high up in that dome before, and you'll 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 have a very strong idea of how each team is attacking one another because you'll be able to see plays unfold. Certainly, yeah. Well, and we're well, and unfortunately, we're in the end zone, um, which I ask for sidelines, you know, <laughs> sidelines down low, and we are now in the end zone at uh, at the top of the roof. So okay. So uh, I will I, maybe that's a good Christmas present for Christopher. It's invest into binoculars. Well, get on with your meeting. I know you got stuff to do. Uh, yep. Mer- Merry Christmas to you and your Merry family. Um, hopefully, we'll. I think I'm I'm good to do uh, next week. If you are, we can do a, yeah. a year end wrap. I am too. Okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll be back with you next week then with another edition of Mind on Your Money, Mind on My Money. See, I messed it up again. Mind on My Money presented <laughs> by uh, Pinnacle, and uh, we'll. Look ahead to 2022. Look back at 2021 one last time. 
Until then, uh, thanks for making us a part of your week. Have a Merry Christmas. Be safe if you're traveling, and we will talk to you again soon.